Super Bowl 57 prop betting deep dive hitman. Plenty to speak to on the Super Bowl side of things. But before we get to the props, let's talk about the hoppier side of things. I see just off camera, you had something not necessarily hoppy, but kind of fits that bill nevertheless. Yeah, a little bit of wine. My wife's future wife, she's uh, trying to get me started. Can't get me in the wine, but I'm a little bit of a, I'm not a cheap date. I say with wine, I won't drink like anything under a certain price amount because i'm not really in the wine okay. that much but like the real like top end stuff like as i've been starting to drink a little bit now like it, it tastes all right to me so not a cheap date but yeah i got a little glass of wine here as i'm going through the board for the what is this the 11th straight day or something that i'm looking through the board non-stop all day so ready for it well, when you are world-class betting Super Bowl props such as yourself, I guess you can afford not to be such a cheap date. So we'll see how some of the rest of us can maybe piggyback on that expertise. Wanted to start with your overall thoughts. How do you think this Super Bowl prop betting market has developed over this last week? Um, you know, it's been pretty much what I expected. Um, the, the markets are, there hasn't been anything like, that's been super new that we haven't seen in years past. We got all the books with the cross sport props and that's a lot of the stuff that I'm looking to attack pretty much like for the last few days, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm mostly getting involved with either one, the cross sport props or because a lot of those cross sport games are being played on Saturday and Sunday. And two is I'm looking to find, some overreactions to to some line moves typically, or I'm looking to find that, that one or two square shops that are inflating a certain players over typically. Stuff like that is kind of what I'm doing at this point. And the market, it's been pretty much, it, it's been no surprises. It's felt like a, an ordinary Super Bowl. And one of the good things from my perspective is like there, there's one book by me in person that they only take a thousand on props. I've been betting there since week one and the limit has been a thousand since week one until the Super Bowl, which is, that's totally respectable. Like, obviously I'd like to bet more, but uh, a thousand's more than respectable on props. And I was there just the other day and they're like, all right, well, the limit's 5,000 now just for the Super Bowl. And that was, I mean, so that's like one of the common themes that I do see is the books are taking bigger bets. The only book that surprised me a little bit, and this made not very much sense to me, but uh, William Hill slash Caesars, and they've taken crazy action during this year. They're a great book. I have nothing but good things to say about them ever since they went to their new management uh, in about two years ago or something. But they've been limiting it a little more where the Super Bowl props – been a lot less than anticipated. It's been about a thousand from them. And I was just surprised because they were taking during regular season more than that. But for the most part, I guess one of the common themes that I've seen is books maybe taking a little bit more action for the Super Bowl. I feel like every year I'm starting to hear more and more about cross sport props. And for somebody who might not have any experience in that realm, my understanding is there can be quite a bit of value there. Any tips for people looking to get into that kind of market for the first time this go around? Just if you work hard at the cross sport props, you'll do well. Like you could just see 
again, they're like, for example, they're making an over under. They're putting these out about a week and a half before the Super Bowl game. And they're putting out a play, uh, let's say, like a specific like soccer team, their goals uh, up against Patrick Mahomes touchdown passes or something. And they're putting that number out a week and a half before. But maybe there's news that will affect the, the goals. Uh, maybe like one of the soccer team's best players are out. And now the line has went down from two goals projected to one and a half goals. Or maybe sometimes what you could find is like Kadarius Tony, and I'm sure we'll get into him um, on this pod because I've been pretty big on his props. His prop number could open 23 and a half. And then someone like me will steam it up where it's like 27 and a half right now. But the cross sport prop will be lined as if, he has a 23 and a half receiving yards and they'll be later to move that number. So like there, if you really do the work on it, it's really just about working. There, there's no special formula I have. It's just about if you grind them, typically you can do uh decent in them. Speaking of the grind, you mentioned about 11 full days in a row and you're not out of the woods quite yet. If we think about the last week of bets that you've been able to get down on, is there anything that you've placed since the last time we spoke that might still be actionable or worth monitoring over the next couple of days at this stage? Um, I'm trying to look right now. I don't remember everything I exactly gave. I think I gave out Mahomes and I was talking about Sanders mm-hmm. with you, I believe. Yeah. Um, Kenneth Gainwell, I like his unders, rush yards, but I think we're just going to wait on that because a, a sharp group gave out Gainwell's under in like the 22 and a half range. And it went down to 16 and a half at a lot of shops and it's been steadily being bet up. And most of the content creators and media guys I've been listening to, it seems like all of them are on Kenneth Gainwell over and the numbers being bet up because of this. So Gainwell has been steadily climbing up. I like Gainwell unders, but I'm not in a rush at all to bet it. I'll probably be betting it on a Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Cause I think that, it maybe even goes up from the current 20 and a half that we're seeing. So that's one look that, that I've been looking at. I know a lot of the Kadarius Tony stuff has been bet. I've given that, I gave that out on my service. Um, I gave that out on the Pozzola live stream. I gave that out on dream pod. I think I've been giving that out a lot, I've tweeted about it. And it's one of my biggest bets of the Super Bowl for sure. But to be honest, 27 and a half it's still not bad in my opinion and maybe you even look at some alternate lines on him just because a guy that is that injury prone but we know he's super talented some of these alternate lines where you're getting a bigger payout could be worth it with Kadarius Tony there was reports today that they were looking to get him more involved Mahomes has such a great such great chemistry with him so maybe you try to look at something with like a high ceiling performance from Kadarius Tony. Now, I, I think that the Tony lines are even still a little low at 20. So I'll put it like this. I bet enough. I bet a lot of money on Tony overs. And some of my thought process at 23 and a half and 24 and a half was, oh, well, you know, I know the line's going to get bet up a ton. I'm giving it out. Kanish is giving it out. It, it, all that. I know it's going to be bet up. So you know what? If I want, I could just play back on the under. So I might as well just over bet it. And then you just have options on what you want to do. But I'll put it like this. If it's still 27 and a half, I'm not playing back. It's probably going to have to hit low 30s for, for me to play back on Tony. So I think that over 27 and a half still has some uh, is still playable if people missed that earlier. 
Love the breakdown on those two player props looking at Gainwell and Kadarius Tony. I will run a game prop by you that I have bet since the last time we spoke. And I'll start off by giving a hat tip to Sharp Clark, who broke it down on this show last Friday. And that would be the Chiefs to be the team that makes the longest field goal in this matchup. Now, I've seen this one at even money, if not some plus 105s at DraftKings. I will say their menu for this prop has been a bit of a maze and a moving target. So you got to shop around a little intentionally there. But that even money price point is for a three-way market. So a heads up there when we're talking three-way market, if there's no field goal in the game, or if by some chance the Chiefs and Eagles have a tie for their longest field goal, then taking Kansas City in this prop would lose. Now, there are other books offering a two-way market where no field goal in the game or a tie for longest field goal yardage between both teams. That would push. At least you'd get your money back. And those two-way markets have Kansas City priced. I'm seeing as good as minus 114, uh, a lot more in the range of minus 120. And I think this is good up to that minus 120 price point, largely because of something that Sharp Clark pointed out. Fourth and short in field goal range, the Eagles much more likely to go for it. In fact, we saw that in their opening drive of the NFC Championship game, fourth and three at the San Francisco 35 They go for it. Catch or no catch by Devontae Smith. Say whatever you will about Shanahan not challenging that play. The Eagles got rewarded for it, ended up scoring a touchdown shortly thereafter. I feel like fourth and three from the 35 in the Super Bowl, Andy Reid's probably sending Harrison Butker out there for a 53-yard field goal attempt. So not a lock by any stretch, but when we're talking even money in a three-way market or minus 120 or better in a two-way market, I do see value on Kansas City to be the team that kicks the longest field goal in the Super Bowl. Any thoughts on that one, Hitman? Yeah, um, I think that the logic makes sense. I've heard some other people have talked about playing stuff like anything that points to more aggressiveness, like with the Eagles, like, oh, that they more fourth down conversions. Obviously, they're lined a lot more, uh, more likely to have a fourth down conversion than KC has. Um, The the stuff like more field goals, all, all that stuff, I've heard it. I think that the logic makes sense. Do, do I ultimately bet it? The only thing that just concerns me a little bit is a prop like that just has so much variance when a team is projected to have – they're only projected to have really like two field goal attempts each for the game at this point. And just when there's only four field goal attempts, or what, I just feel like there, there's a little bit more variance in, into the prop. Like obviously if it's a third and ten – from the 34 yard or four, excuse me, fourth and 10 from the 34 yard line, the Eagles are going to end up kicking and everything. So, I mean, I, I understand it from the point that if it's fourth and short, the Eagles are a more likely team to go for it. Whereas Kansas city is potentially probably more likely to kick. So I do understand the logic, but with me, for me, it, it's just, it's something I haven't fully dived into and it, it might be just a little too much variance with me, but I mean, it could be good too. I just haven't put a ton of, I haven't, there's so much stuff going on. I, I can't put in a hundred percent of a thought process into everything. So, I mean, I, I understand the logic, think it could be good, but that, that would be my concern. Just off, just spitballing off the top of my head. I think that's a fair concern because last year I remember having the whale capper Drew Dinsick on this show and we had both watched the NFC title game pretty closely and noticed that Matt Gay didn't seem quite right for the Rams. So we bet on the Bengals to be the team to make the longest field goal. And in the Super Bowl, Cincinnati hit two field goals. The Rams only hit one. 
but the Rams had the field goal from the greater distance. So even with good logic, this kind of bet, to your point, subject to plenty of variance. And I think if nothing else, even if anybody wants to bet this, just keep in mind bankroll management really comes into play when we're talking about a prop like this. And if bankroll management is one of the biggest pillars in betting Super Bowl props, I think getting the best of the number, uh, another key for people who win it this long term. So Hitman, on that note, I'd like to transition to props that maybe we haven't bet yet, but we have on the radar just looking for a certain price. I have a couple that I can run by you, but is there anything that you've got your sights set on? You're deliberately not betting at this point, but you think you may well get in play between now and kickoff. Um, it was the Kenneth Gainwell. That is definitely one that I think I will be on. Um, you know, I'll practically have an under bet on every big name player probably in this game, other than maybe Mahomes, because I, I, I just thought from the beginning that number was pretty light. But I, I have, for me personally, I have a lot of books and when you have a lot of books, a lot of times there are some that are just very, very, very square. Like I wouldn't be surprised on some of the the outs that I personally have. Like I'm, I wouldn't be stunned if I find a Kelsey under eight receptions at like reasonable juice where I'm going to be on that on. I wouldn't be stunned. I mean, it sounds crazy to people. I would not be stunned if I find an AJ Brown under six receptions maybe minus 130 or something so from my perspective i'll probably there's pretty much every big name player i'm looking to as far as like stuff that's widely available for like everybody that like the fanduels the DraftKings, all those books they're gonna inflate it i think by kickoff it's probably the gainwell stuff um i might see where the marquez valdez scantling lines Go to, I mean, his prop number closed at like 25 and a half against Jacksonville. And it's a pretty big adjustment now. I mean, if we get some favorable reports on Juju and, and Tony continue against favorable reports, maybe potentially look at some uh, MVS under stuff. So th- those would be the two guys um, potentially looking at is um, Gainwell and MVS. If that's uncanny that you mentioned MVS right there, it gives me flashbacks to, I think, our first episode together this season. Prior to week one, I mentioned being in play on Najee Harris, rush and receiving yards under. I believe it was like 1,600 and a half. And you pointed out how it was as if we were reading each other's minds because we hadn't talked about that ahead of time. And yet that specific prop was on your radar as well. And MVS is the one name that I wanted to address this topic with you. I'm seeing... On an odd screen, 37 and a half at FanDuel. Although when I check at FanDuel, I'm not sure that's a real number because the rest of the market is pretty locked in at 34 and a half. Now I am seeing points bet hanging 35 and a half with reduced VIG minus 105 attached to the under. And I'd be tempted to get in play at that number right now. But to your point, I wonder if we see any recency bias coming out of a monster AFC championship game for MVS. Six receptions, 116 yards, a big touchdown. And to your point about the Chiefs wide receiving core, I think MVS got so much volume because of a lot of attrition. The eight targets he saw, driven largely by Juju, Tony, and Hardman going down in that game. And you mentioned MVS's closing number against Jacksonville. Well, against Cincinnati, 
closed a bit higher than in the divisional round. That's what I meant. Half, yeah. But yeah. okay, that's what I meant. I meant against Cincinnati. Oh, gotcha. Okay, because I I saw twenty seven and a half juiced heavily to the under. So maybe with big that heavy, it's more or less equivalent to that twenty five and a half. Either way, we're talking about a big shift just from one game to the next based on one pretty outlier performance from MVS. So ideally, if the public does get in play here and they have some recency bias looking more toward what they saw last versus what they've seen more often over the course of MVS's career, I wonder if this number doesn't have room to go up a little bit. I mean, it might be dreaming to think we're going to get anything too close to 40. I do think 34 and a half is bettable. I just wonder if we're going to do better between now and kickoff. I saw a 39 and a half last night. I remember. Um, I, I don't remember. It might have been Circa. I I'm think Circa sure had that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm looking. Yeah, it's 37 and, and a half at Circa. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to wait and see a little bit. I'm going to wait and see. And it's something that I, I'm just going to read the market. I mean, you know what? The Again, like there's no rush for anybody because the worst thing that happens is you pass on the bet if it does go the other way. And then you have 673 other wagers that you have money on. So just going to see where the market goes on it. And one more that I'll be watching closely to see where the market goes. Shifting to a game prop, will either team score three unanswered times? Yes. And I am seeing right now minus 175 at DraftKings. And that number is bettable in my book right now. That's about the price ceiling. But a lot of sharper books are in the range of 190, if, minus 190, if not a touch higher. And I'm thinking of the scene in Braveheart where William Wallace is really holding the line and trying to do that with this bet. I'm so inclined to bet it now at that minus 175 price point. But as the public gets involved these next couple of days, they'll see the no. And when we see a tight point spread, a high scoring game, it seems like, oh, this will just be ping ponging back and forth. How could somebody possibly score three straight times a plus number attached to that? No, I think the public action could get really lopsided here and make the yes even more attractive. And part of that is because even in close games, runs of three straight scores happens a lot more than people might think. A subtle edge here is that you can get this done without a single defense having to make consecutive stops. A lot of times the way this gets home is a team will score at or near the end of the first half. And then again, coming out to start the second half. So with a subtle edge like that in play, again, I think this is bettable up to minus 175. And while that's on the table now, I'm thinking not just at DraftKings, but a lot of other books, we might be able to do better than that between now and the game kicking off. Is this the kind of game prop that you often keep on your radar as well? Yeah, it's just something that I don't usually full, full give full attention to. So, I mean, yeah, I, I could see there theoretically being an edge doing the work on it, but it's just something. I know that Fezzik always says, I ask Fezzik about it sometimes, and he's always like, oh, well, three straight scores, it happens way more than you think, is what he always says to me about it. But he's probably a better guy that you could talk to about like the math with, with this type of stuff. For sure. All right. Well, I know that you have done your share of work and then some when it comes to so many player props. So I, I get where the logic of game props makes sense, but maybe pricing it, not in your wheelhouse. Got to play to your strengths and hit me on to that end. Uh, one final question for you on the season here. We've talked about bets that we've made in the last week, bets that we're eyeing as the game approaches. 
more from a process-driven standpoint, any final words of advice for people who maybe haven't gotten too active in their Super Bowl prop betting portfolios yet, but are looking for wisdom as they get in play over these next couple of days? Um, if you haven't gotten act that active that yet, um, I would say that don't chase some of the numbers that have been getting steamed up. Don't chase the Kelsey overs, the Mahomes overs. The, the time to bet that was a week and a half ago. Um, one thing I, I will say is try to have a lot of outs and try to just compare lines, shop lines, and just see who has the best Vagon stuff and what are some of the big line moves that you could potentially bet against. Like if you like – if if you were against me on the Kadarius Tony thing, I mean, it opened 23 and a half. You're probably going to get a 30 and a half under by the time kickoff comes. So look to, to play against guys. I would probably say that where there's been, been big line moves come Super Bowl day, shop the lines. And um, yeah, that's pretty much the best piece of advice I could give. If somebody hasn't got involved much um, to this point, I'll go ahead and second that. And to your point of shopping lines, some of the best Super Bowl prop bets I've made in recent years isn't with a specific player or game prop in mind. I'll just look at books. Like you mentioned, Caesars is now taking bigger limits a lot of the time, even if that's not the case for the Super Bowl. Um, books like Circa or Chris and the Offshore Market, aka Bookmaker in the U.S., if there's just a clear line discrepancy between one of those books and one of the more recreational books, and that's usually a good indicator of value at the square shop. And it becomes a matter of spotting the sucker to quote rounders rather than trying to originate anything on your own. It's not the most glamorous part of betting, but I think it can be the most rewarding in terms of growing a bankroll over time. So I know we always preach shopping. It's pretty cliche across the betting content landscape, but this is really the time where shopping can pay the most dividends. And to that end, I'll add that um, a quote, I know the logic of sports betting also talks about spotting the sucker, but one concept that really stood out to me from reading that book was to try to find the markets with the best attack surface and not forcing your hand where there's not an edge, but instead using bigger attack surfaces to pick your spots accordingly. So piggybacking a bit on what you said about not chasing numbers that have already been steamed. I would totally agree on not encouraging anybody to force their hand, betting some of the most popular props like marquee player yards to go over when the ship has sailed in terms of any value there. But it doesn't mean that there's no way to find value on some of these players. I mean, quarterbacks, oftentimes, if yards get steamed, then things like attempts or completions can be lagging behind a little bit. For running backs, rushing attempts or longest rush over under, those can lag behind yardage totals that get steamed. And for pass catchers, receptions, longest reception over under, same kind of thing. And the last thing I'll flag here, uh, you've talked about Kadarius Tony a lot, and I'm glad you did because uh, one of my favorite bets that I found in the last 24 hours would be looking at head-to-head -head matchups. Uh, a lot of times if a player's individual total gets smoked, then the head-to-head -head matchups won't necessarily reflect that. And uh, thanks to you, Tony steamed from 23 and a half up to 27 and a half as we record this. And in the same time frame, I've seen Quez Watkins drop from 12 and a half to 11 and a half. And at one of my offshore books, and this is a pretty well-established offshore that a lot of people can bet at, there's a head-to-head -head matchup that right now has Tony receiving yards minus 10 and a half against Watkins. And that's flat minus 115 VIG. 
I feel like that's just the clearest possible sign that these head-to-head matchups can be really slow to adjust. We're basically getting 16 yards for the price of 10 and a half. So just because somebody you like has seen their individual yardage number move doesn't mean there aren't plenty of angles to still get down on those guys. Well, you know it's a good bet if I'm going to say to you, uh, text me after this and let me know who has that. Uh, if it's somewhere I can bet, I'm probably going to bet that. So that's All right. the, the best endorsement I could possibly give. Will do. So that'll be a, maybe a yeah. behind-the-scenes conversation over yeah, your pops and the, hops. But... Exactly, but the logic. But it, it, it goes to show, like, yeah, you should look – for other way, there's other ways to get down on this type of stuff, whether it's cross sports, head-to-head matchups. There's ways to take advantage of um, missing out the initial line move, but still being able to get something, some plus EV wagers down. Absolutely. Well, as far as the public-facing conversation goes, I think we've done all we can for now. To the audience, if you're not doing so already, cannot highly recommend enough that you follow Hitman on Twitter at Hitman428. You can also find me there at mlandis18. And I've got a couple of thank yous as we close up shop here. First off, Hitman, really want to thank you for finishing what we started, showing up ready to go every week this season. It's been such an honor to do this with you. I mean, you're world class at what you do. You didn't owe me anything. I just cannot thank you enough for being part of the show week in and week out all season long. I appreciate it. It's always good with you. I mean, from the first time you interviewed me and I didn't even know who you were, and you asked me to come on your podcast. You came well prepared with everything. So whatever you're doing next season with this, anywhere you are, I mean, if somebody's looking for somebody that, if anybody's listening to this that's looking for people with content or anything, I mean, go DM me and ask me um, what my endorsement of is Matt. Of Matt, it's a, a as strong of an endorsement as anybody that does content interview all that stuff it's a very strong endorsement so no ish no worries at all well thank you very much i really appreciate that and i want to be sure to also show some appreciation for the audience thank you everyone for tuning into this conversation i'll be back at it tomorrow for the finale of the super bowl shuffle interview series that'll also mark the props and hops debut for a professional better i'm excited to finally get onto this show We'll be looking back on the season and take one more look ahead to Super Bowl 57. Ups and ups and ups and ups.